Hello and welcome to On the Record, the podcast of the Cuyahoga County Common Police Court. I'm your host, Darren Toms, and as always, we hope you enjoy our discussions about the court and the legal system. Today, we are talking to Kathy Dugan, who is head of the Cuyahoga County Law Library. So, Kathy, hello. Thank you for taking time to talk with us. I appreciate being invited. All right, so let's start with the easy questions. Where exactly is the Cuyahoga County Law Library? Uh, We're located on the fourth floor of the Cuyahoga County Courthouse in downtown Cleveland. Um, You can also reach us on the internet at uh, www.clevelandlawlibrary.org. And we've got various social media platforms like LinkedIn and Facebook. We also have a Twitter feed and an Instagram account and even a Pinterest page. So what is the role of the law library in this modern age of computer access? Well, this may take a minute because we actually have multiple roles. Um, Our biggest service is providing legal reference and research services to all the judges and staff attorneys, prosecutors, public defenders, and other government attorneys who work for county government and law departments for the different municipalities. Sometimes they call or email us, but sometimes they come by. Our second biggest service is providing legal research databases for members. And I've heard people say that everything is free on the internet. That really only applies to things like cases and codes and regulations and court rules, things we call primary law. The best research tools are actually on the internet, but they're not free. And so that's what we do. We offer members free access to Lexis and Westlaw and other top you know, legal research databases. We also offer 24-7 access to a lot of fee-based resources that attorneys like to use, like FastCase and CCH. Another major role we have as part of our mission is providing continuing legal education and personalized uh, research training. We offer CLE every May for Law Day, and then we do a series of live programs at the end of the year when everyone needs their continuing education credits. Um, A few years ago, we also started a series of legal research webinars. We also offer in-person training, and a lot of lawyers like to use that uh, to brush up on their research skills. Our final role is actually pretty important because we provide resources and assistance to self-represented litigants in Cuyahoga County. You mentioned the webinars, so this podcast will be up for quite a while. So if somebody wanted to go back and see a previous webinar, would that be available? That's an initiative I hope to start in 2018. On-demand CLE programming takes uh, quite a bit of (laughs) know-how, and we are going to be partnering with um, one of the providers out there to make that possible this year. The Law Library has partners. So who are the partners and how do those relationships work? We have three major partners. Our first one is Clevenet. It's a consortium of public and special libraries in Northeast Ohio. And the law library has been in that since the 80s. Through Clevenet, we get all of our um, high technology, and it leaves us on the cutting edge of library science. One of our biggest partners is the Cleveland Law Library. It's a not-for-profit corporation, and it helps us manage our library and our services, and it offers membership services to its um, constituents, which are the private attorneys in Cuyahoga County. Our final partner, a big one, is the Cleveland Metropolitan Bar Association. We partner on many of their pro bono and community programs, things like the Ohio Mock Trial, the Stokes Scholars Program, and most recently we started hosting the Pro Se and Pro Se Divorce Clinics that they run with Legal Aid of Cleveland. So you talk a a lot about the the various uh, digital programs that the law library has, and uh, very impressive, but 
I always find it impressive to actually visit the law library. So what would we see if we stopped by and walked into that library? Well, it is very beautiful. It has this old world feel in a very high-tech environment. Uh, Our pride and joy, of course, is our beautiful main reading room. And patrons can sit at antique desks with antique lamps. Um, They can use our large collection of books or pull up a chair at a computer. Um, And many out-of-towners come by to take pictures of our main room because it's so beautiful. Of course, we always say yes. The mural on the south wall is, is spectacular. What's the history there? It's actually a picture or a painting of a New England town meeting. And it represents a group of men who are participating in voting. So it's supposed to represent democracy in the early stages of our country. We've talked about the, the digital access to the library. Why, why all the physical books that are still there? Are those still used? They actually are. Um, lawyers rely on us for the books and the databases that they just can't afford to buy anymore. There are still people browsing the shelves and pulling off a book and making a copy once in a while. And there are so many of the older books on display. Is that an aesthetic choice at this time? Do still people still come in and borrow those and read through them just, just for fun? It's actually a little bit of both. Um, some of our old timers do still use our case reporters, which are absolutely beautiful bound volumes. But some of the subject matter treatises like bankruptcy law and labor and employment law, which are our specialties, are still being used. One of the things I always notice when I walk into the law library is those massive tiger maple desks. Are those original to the library and the building? Because they really are spectacular. I knew you were going to ask that, so I went back to our old minutes. I can't confirm that they were um, original to the building, but we think they were installed about the time the building was erected in 1912. So am I the only one that thinks the library looks like a set from an older John Grisham movie? You know, someone's on the balcony waving a book saying, I found the precedent. You know, I'm sure a lot of our patrons would agree with you. Um, When people come for our continuing education uh, programs, they tell us what a beautiful place it is. And some of our more senior members, you know, my dad's contemporaries, love to come up and talk to me and tell me old stories about the old days when the law library was filled to capacity and lawyers were sitting typing at all the desks and the smoke was rising all the way up to the ceiling. What else would you like people to know about what you do and the role of the Cuyahoga County Law Library? We started a new program last year with the Cleveland Public Library to host quarterly book discussions on legal books, whether they're fiction or nonfiction, and that's going really well. We also offer a lot of e-resources that lawyers and judges can use 24-7 in their offices. I counted the other day for one reason or another, and we have over 1,100 e-books that are accessible anytime they want, even when we're closed. Lawyers probably should also know that we perform a lot of legislative history research, and by that I mean looking to find older versions of statutes or the intent behind the passage of a law, and that's a big service that we offer. Our website has a lot of information um, for pro se litigants, and we're open for pro ses on uh, Wednesday, every single Wednesday. And I guess I should plug the fact that we um, are the sponsor of two little free libraries in Cleveland, and the, the one at the Juvenile Justice Center is the very first one in the country at a courthouse. Kathy Dugan, head of the Cuyahoga County Law Library, we appreciate your time, and I, I guess you would like to invite people to come and visit. Absolutely. Uh, Come take pictures, and if you can't make it by, we have posted pictures and a virtual tour on our website so you can see what we look like. Kathy, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me.